Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today's guest on the show is Jinx Lennon. This was recorded a couple of weeks ago just in the run-up to Clonakilty International Guitar Festival which took place virtually. If you go on to Clon Guitar Fest on Facebook you can still see a couple of shows that were recorded for the festival and you can also watch this interview with Jinx if you prefer that. But here is the audio version. I waited a couple of weeks just to give that visual element some time. I uh, was delighted to be asked back to the festival this year. Last year I got to chat with Mary Wallopers, which was a brilliant conversation. You can listen back to that as well in the archive. And I was happy to talk with Jinx as well. He was also playing the festival this year. And despite the fact that there was no actual audiences allowed into these shows I think it was great that they were able to pull it off and continue going and I guess that's it we all just have to keep on going uh this episode is going up just as uh the whole country is going back into lockdown and this time it feels a little bit tougher I was hopeful I think maybe even the last time that I put out an episode of the podcast that we might get a couple of gigs towards the end of the year and now well it doesn't look like we're gonna get anything so uh, all we can do is keep on keeping on. So this was recorded before things got really, really bad in Ireland. This was recorded in about mid-September. Um, so just keep that in mind with everything that we might be talking about in relation to COVID. Jinx Lennon released an album earlier this year, just as lockdown began. It's called Border Schizo Folk Songs for the Fucked. And as you'll hear, he's been a busy man since, both work-wise and art-wise. He's got a new album on the way, so I was delighted to get the inside track on that. You can get this album and all of his previous work over the past few decades at jinxlennon1.bandcamp.com. It's not available up on the old streaming platforms. We talk about that towards the end. So thanks a million to Kev and Ray of Clonakilty International Guitar Festival for having me back. Hopefully, oh God, I'm crossing everything. Hopefully, 2021, we'll all be down in Clonakilty. We'll be having some delicious pints in the bars and be back watching music and we'll be wondering what we were ever worried about. <laughs> oh God, I'm with the, I'm with the, uh, I'm with the interview. This is uh, myself chatting with Jinx over Zoom. It was a bit of an issue, yada, yada, yada. This was always going to happen. Um, the audio isn't fantastic, but hopefully uh, it'll do and you'll get, you'll be able to listen. So yeah, this is myself and Jinx over Zoom, just in the run-up to Clannacilty International Guitar Festival in mid-September. Usually I end my interviews talking about, oh, so what do you plan next? But straight away you say that you've got a new album in the works already coming yeah. out in February. I've got a new album coming out in February. It's called uh, Life Rafts, Life Rafts for Lachicos. And uh, I'm actually just getting the press up at the moment over, over in England. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I, I, I recorded it. We got it done just before uh, COVID hit. So uh, that was great because uh, we were going up to the studio and then the, everything was coming down, say, just just around March. So it was really good. The time was really good for, for getting that done. And we did it over the winter. What's uh, different about this album? Is is there much of a difference? Is it just a continuation of what of, uh, no. you've done on the latest album? No, what was happening was I was listening to a lot of um, open tune guitar, sort of English folk music from the, from the 60s and 70s. 
and I got a I, I got a sort of a, a yen for that. And usually I would get somebody to assist me with the guitar, and they say this time I was going to learn how to do that because it's something I wanted to do for a long time. So I basically got myself down to it and got, got my hands dirty and, and, and learned how to, to do a few things. And uh, this is the result of it. And I'm very, as I say, I'm very happy with it because uh, I just really like the sound of open tune guitar. I really, I, I love it. I, lo- I love that. I love that sort of drone sound. So um, I got a good man to, to do with me, a guy called Chris Barry. And um, he, he, he was great. He set up a lot of room mics and stuff. And uh, it just it was, we started off, with, it took a while to get going, but uh, we got straight into it. I'm really happy with the results. Very good. And, and so just for uh, those of us who might not um, be aware, yeah. what, what exactly uh, do you mean by the open tune guitar? Is it, is it just you're not playing any um, frets with your, with your uh, left hand? Or any, no, it's, it's, it's sorry. It's more the, the way the, the the strings are sort of intertuned. They're sort of more with with, with the gauges with 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 the the tuning itself. Say you're playing an open E, a lot of the strings are similar. You're playing a lot of E's and B's and stuff like that. And uh, the way they ring out, it gives a real heavy, nice sound. As somebody described to me, sort of like heavy metal guitar and a piece of guitar. And uh, it just makes the guitar sound about five times louder than it does usually. And uh, it's a, it's a really spiritual sound. It's it's a just really it's just really sort of for me it just knocks the the right spots. And uh, I I I am I'm, I'm, it's something it's like when I started playing music and uh, the Jinx Lennon show. I start it was all about guitar. It was just me on the stage and guitar. So it is taking it right back to, to the start in a way, but it's. Uh, I think I think it's come on up a lot. Is it is it good to kind of uh, keep things interesting for yourself as much as anything like oh, yeah. kind of keep learning on the guitar? Yeah, it's really important one because it's I, I never I, I never like to repeat myself at shows. I, I never like like to, to be robotic, and you know I always put something in that I'm not really sure how it's going to work out because I I need to see how the audience are reacting with it. So there can be times when I've, I've maybe like a fellow on a tightrope I've I've gone to far and I'm falling over the side but it, it keeps the show raw and it keeps me from getting smug about anything I'm doing it, it just keeps it keeps a really it, it keeps the soul in, in the music you know yeah and and so I mean it's been a busy six months for you by the sounds of it I mean just even planning for your next album uh, yeah. as well um so tell me how it was for you you released uh let, let me see if I can if I can get it all right border border schizo folk songs yeah. for the fucked you released that yeah. about two weeks into the lockdown and you also yeah. work in Louth County Hospital so I am right it's it's been a mad six months for you it's been crazy it's been absolutely crazy yeah Tell me about the the hospital work first of all. I mean, the the pandemic is ongoing. I mean, I I can't imagine just some of the stuff that you must have seen. That it must have just been really tough in there over the past six months. Well, I think it's more about people taking precautions to, to make sure that uh, when things have to do really go out a bit bit out of control, that uh, people are prepared for it. There's a everyone's taking precautions. Everyone's wearing the masks and. Uh, the way it is, there is sort of secured areas where people just can't walk in whenever they like. So uh, 
that's so everyone's 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 actually taken it very seriously for where I work, and uh, I don't think we 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 we, ha- we haven't seen it as bad as Dublin and places like that, but uh, no one's getting too complacent about it. You know, we're sort of seeing what what's happening. There has been outbreaks here and there in the county, but uh, so far we've been pretty good. You know. And is that like full time? Is that like forty hours or more a week, or or how does oh, it work? I, I I I do twelve hour shifts, so uh, it could be two or three nights for twelve hours, and a couple of days off, and back on again, and then the next week I'm on days for twelve hours. So it's all twelve hour shifts. Wow! I've been doing that for the last twenty years anyway. Right, so you're used to it. Well, used to it, yeah. Yeah. Um. So so like you're able to to use that free time to uh, create music and. Uh, I, I presume is is that how it works? Well, um, yeah, I, I do. It's it's a lot more complicated because I've kids as well, so there's a lot of juggling to be done. But it's a uh, you know, I they, they inspire me as well for the songs, so it all works out. And um, I just, it's good to sort of, you know, you you're under you're under the pressure to do things. It, it's really good. Whereas there was a time when I had too much free time in my hands, and they sort of. You know, I took it for granted. So it's uh, things have changed. So it's it's a good thing. I think it's that thing. I think all kind of creative people need a kind of a deadline to work towards, yeah. don't they? You know, you need kind of these other pressures kind of telling you to get things done. Yeah, it, it's it, it's strange because you 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 know you you sort of fit into that and you just make the the best out of it. But it makes the songs more real. Because you're dealing with real life and you're dealing with the stress, but I think it's uh, it makes it better. And and this album we'll call it Border Schizo because otherwise, otherwise I think that I'll, I won't it's be a bit of twister. Yeah. yeah. Um, you say it is a psychled a psychological double concept album journey. Psychedelic. Psychedelic. Double yeah, concept yeah. album journey through the strange dimensions of the Irish border. Uh, was that the plan mm. when you started working on it, or was that just when you were looking back? No, that's that's the way it was meant to be because I really, you know, for for the part of for where I live, it's really important for me to uh, sing about where you come from, to nail that. Like any any writers or in, in this country who are worth or sold, as far as I'm concerned, bring a sense of where they come and put it into the music, and you can hear it, and you can hear it in the voice, and you can hear the way they sing, that they are from the place they sing from, and that's always been my aim since I started up. Um, and it's you know that's one 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 of the things that that keeps me keeps my thing right that that I'm I'm doing that that I'm I'm singing about where I'm coming from you know yeah and the songs are about everyday life as I see it um uh, with my slant in it with a, maybe a little bit crazy bit bit more psychedelic bit more you know you're coming from a different angle sort of like a a crack mirror sort of view of things but um yeah um. You know, there's, there's, to me, there's a lot, lot more hits than misses in the songs, especially over the past five years. Since I went back, actually, to playing playing guitar a lot more, um, I've been on the right track because there was one stage I was getting too bogged down with a lot of um, electronic stuff, and it just wasn't bringing the soul out of the music enough. Now, there's still bits of it I use, but uh, generally, there's, there's a lot more guitar music in the in, in the, uh, the set. And on the on the albums that they used to be, say ten years ago, you know. Right. 
Um, tell me about that, that kind of start of one, you know, you say that your aim is always to write about Dundalk. Was that kind of like a set of rules that you had or anything like that at the, when you started the Jinx Lennon project a couple of, yeah. or, or a couple of decades ago? Now, yeah, like, because, like you've got to put Dundalk kind of um, front yeah, and centre. Because, because any songs I heard up to that point about Dundalk or, or about that part of the country, they were always very, uh, you know, they'd be very wishy-washy, Kamalia type things. They've never really said anything. And there's a wealth of stuff going on up here that's, you know, it's just a little bit different than everywhere else. We're at the border. I never heard anyone singing about the border, really, before I started singing about it. Just about the craziness of it. You know, like I was brought up when I was a kid and I thought I was living in the UK because our first channel was the BBC. So I thought we were sort of part of the UK. Now, when I said it to my uncles, they were they were living nearer the border themselves out of the country. They were horrified because they were all sort of provo-minded, you know. And they were trying to school me. No, 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 David, listen to me. And uh, so, but that's the way, that, that's that's how funny it was because we were, we were brought up, we, we inhaled all the, the English shows, all the English TV, all the comedy, all the mad stuff like Monty Python, all the mad kid shows and Star Trek and everything like that. In fact, it reminds me of... Um, Papa Cabe in, in a way like the way he, he sort of in his books there's a lot of uh, culture stuff from the from the 60s and, and 70s and stuff that, that reminds me of the way I do it sort of put it into, into the songs you know yeah and and I mean I guess there's no ignoring the border question at the moment yeah. just because just because of the uh, never-ending Brexit uh, debate yeah. like so was it kind of almost easier I guess there was just more more stuff to write about maybe with this album that like uh, we'll make it a double album about the border well yeah it's it's it's, it's about like uh, there's a lot of ecological stuff going on in it there's a lot of stuff about domestic violence in it it's just things that I've seen over my own life that I know what I'm talking about that I'm, I'm not really surmising you know Um, I think it's th- the way to do it like the, the country singer Tom T. Hall would have said no, it's a great. The man's not writing unless he's writing about what he sees, you know. And yeah. that's 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 basically me. That that's the things I see. I put into the music, but I, I I do sort of aim to make it universal. I just don't want it to be too parochial that people can't really get into what I'm singing about. So the aim is to make the local universal, you know. Do you think that um you've kind of nailed that at the moment, or do you still kind of have to check yourself even after all these years, all these albums? Uh, oh yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to check yourself. Yeah. You have to because uh, it just it, it's very easy to get get complacent about it and, and, and come out starting writing muck, you know. And I, I sometimes I, I even have to like the other day I thought I was writing a great song and then I listen back to it and says this is rubbish. What am I doing here? But you you, you, you sort of take that chance. You, you just have to keep editing and re-editing the stuff you're doing the whole time to keep it fresh. I, I did actually want to talk to you just about your your songwriting and how you actually work because like all all of the yeah. topics. That um that you've written about you know like you've you've got a song about Mars McCabe on on this album and like various yeah. other topics that we could go into. I mean, do you kind of yeah. start with the subject matter or do you start with the music and you kind of like just think about what would suit it or or how does the actual beginning of a song actually start? Um, I start with a title. It always be a title, and what would usually happen would be I might have a bit of music from another song. And there's a bit of Frankenstein monster type stuff going on that uh, I might use 
the, the, the bit of the song I have already and match it up with the, the new lyrics for something else. But usually you could take about nine or ten different permutations until they get their thing right. And uh, it's only through time. And it's the funny thing is the intuitive things that happen is then I'm sort of catching myself sort of maybe whistling something or, you know, that could work and, and take it back in or as a lyric. So I always have my notebook with me the whole time to uh, make sure I, I catch it, catch those things floating in the air when, when they come, you know. And and do you still find that like you're filling up the notebook all the time? Like, it, it you know, you've never not wanted to write about things or make songs or anything like that? I think when, when it, about five years ago, I started, I started putting the notebook in my pocket and uh, that changed a lot because I was able to see the progress of what I was doing. Before that, I, I sort of made, like years ago, I'd use a tape recorder and just make tapes. And the problem with that was that after nine or ten tapes, I, I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't know where to start with it. Whereas if you if you if you've got your dictaphone using the phone, like the the dictaphone on the on the phones now are, are fantastic. Now the quality is really good. And actually, I, I use some of the recordings actually for different albums. For the next album, I, I it's just me sort of using the the Sony on the the phone whenever one I had a few years ago, and uh, it's just if it's, if it sounds right, it works. So you know what I mean. Like if it's, if it's uh, if it feels right. That's good enough, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it's the notebook's great because you can see the body of work you're doing, and they've got about fifteen or sixteen notebooks from the last uh, five years, and I still come back to consult them to see what I have, you know. Wow, fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, now I don't use all the songs, but they're they're there to be, you know, to cannibalize if I need something. Is there any subject that you've actually struggled to turn into a song? Like, is there any subject that you find is almost too hard to actually make into uh, a piece of art or, or uh, um, a happy tune? Yeah, there's, there's, there's sort of things happen lately. Um, I, I find that with, just with the whole lockdown thing, um, I, I've thrown a few things together. and uh, But there's nothing so far that, that's made me happy enough to, to stick it in, in, in permanently in the set, you know? I'm sort of working with that, trying to get a sense of what to be writing about. That's more about the real thing than just saying, thinking about masks and stuff like that. I can, I can probably write a funny, I've wrote a couple of funny songs about masks and just maybe something poignant about not being able to visit your mother maybe when, when uh, during the lockdown and stuff like that. But it's, uh, I'm, I'm just curious about what other people are writing about, how they've managed to do that themselves, you know? Um, it's a subject that I, I, I find I find it hard at the moment, and it's sorry I feel the need to be doing it, just to sort of throw something out, which is a bad thing because you have to let these things sort of just stay for a while, you know. Um, I, I I found it very hard to, to first of all when I was in the band scene, I got it very hard to write a song about growing up in the border, and just about being partial about different things about the the two sides, the two communities. Uh, and try to write a human song about it without sort of going back into sort of nationalist, patriotic stuff. I found that hard for a while. I just had to really see the people involved. And that took a while to to, to be able to do, you know. And it's, it's something I'm, I'm happy about now. But these things take time. Um, yeah, and there's, there's, there's things about myself I, I find, find hard to, to write about that hopefully one day I'll be able to 
put it down to pen and paper. Just writing about your kids and stuff like that as well, too. You know, it's uh, trying to get the sense of them because they're important as well. And, and you, you sort of want to document that as, as it's happening, you know. Do, do you think that the communities around the border, say around where you're living, do you think that they've actually changed over the past like five or ten years, like as this Brexit thing has continued to grow and become seemingly ever more divisive? Or do you think like, you know, the people haven't changed? Who, who well, you... it's funny you say that. Now, I, I was actually on a walk up, up around um, it's a place called the Gap of the North which is just at the border area in North Loud, coming into Saroma. It's actually the only route through Ireland going up north uh, from the medieval days back to the, the days of the, of, the, of, the, of the Celts. And the reason for that was it was a very, um, what would you call it, strategic place where people could be, because there were a lot of forests around that area at that time, where people could be, could be jumped upon because there was great hiding places. Was actually the where St Patrick actually was the only way he could get up the north from where he was coming from Tara uh, during the during the year he lived, and it's funny um, I was talking to a man and he was actually a councillor during the eighties. He was a Sinn Féin councillor and he he said we were all talking. He said we can talk about these things now, talk about the the troubles or, or talk about the past, whereas you couldn't do that a few years ago. I think people are a lot more open. But what I notice about the North is, especially the North of the border, is everyone is very cleared up about their history compared to people in the South. Especially the kids, you know, we were, we were coming along and we were, we were, we were talking about those, there was a place there and there was, there was a couple of old ruins of places and we were talking about Lord Mountjoy, the guy that basically uh, finished Queen Elizabeth's job and turned, started turning the, the North into the plantation it became. Um, the kids all knew about it and they knew the names and stuff, whereas I don't think local people would be interested enough where I am because it's just not exactly on the border. But whereas if you go a couple of miles up the road, it is, you're on it because you're sort of looking at your back garden, maybe half your gardens in the south, or as, as uh, somebody pointed out, on one side of the road, all the cars of northern regions and the other side of all the southern regions. And it's, it's really strange to... You know, it's disorientating where you actually just walk upon it in the middle of the road. You know, you have to, you, well, post office van drivers actually come across each other from both sides of the border and stuff. And they're, they're almost on top of each other trying to get through different lanes that are not designated exactly north or south, you know. Yeah. It's a comical as well, you know. Yeah, no, like I, we just drove back over the weekend from Donegal and we were going through Derry yeah. and like all, all around that by Dundalk, by Drogheda, um, yeah. back, back to Dublin. And, and it is just kind of mad. It's just like, yeah. you, know, you know, we were just thinking like, this could all be completely different how we would, you know, get home in just a couple of months. Yeah, but I, but I think the people have been through that are sort of half expecting it to be like that again. So there's... There's a great sort of um, what you could defiance about, about it. There's that, that that it won't be it won't won't take too long to get used to. Again, I don't know if it will happen. I think just um, the Tories are acting the bollocks <laughs> and they're, they're trying to be a bit Stalinist about the whole thing. Um, I don't know what's going to happen really. You know, it, it's it's nothing we haven't seen before. It, it can it can never go as bad as it, as it was said twenty years ago, really. You know, or twenty five years ago. Yeah. Uh, that was because we used to hear the bombs going off. The house would be shaking. Our house, we'd be out, we'd be in school and we'd be looking out the back window, and there'd be helicopters 
and smoke and everything went off, you know, and the teacher would be trying to teach his history. And we'd say, there's history going out the back here. We don't know about history 40 years ago. There it is there in front of your eyes, you know. Yeah, it's funny. Couldn't, couldn't imagine what that's like. Yeah, it's, it's a bit strange, all right. Uh, c- coming back to the music, maybe tell me about um, some of the songs on the album, like, of, you know, M- McCabe um, yeah. and the Big Machine. I think I saw you um, play that song. I think you've had it for a while. Have you? Uh, the same uh-huh, yeah. Bert, McCabe. I think I saw you play it at It Takes a Village in Cork a couple of uh, you did. years ago. Like, t- tell did, me yeah. about maybe that song and like how it came about, why you thought that this was like a topic worth uh, putting into song. The, the the song was came out because um, I, I I was sort of following the case, sort of just on on bits and pieces of it, and then I had a bit of trouble myself going against uh, like the the powers that be and a bit of bullying going on, and I had to sort of go through sort of a court case about it, and I just looked at his documentary that was on about two years ago. And they thought, whatever troubles I had, this man's, you know, this, this man's integrity of this man, like he, he, he troubles tenfold more than me. Because I, I can't imagine that the amount of, you know, being on your own, especially with, with the, the guard of the force and everyone turning against you, the sort of integrity you need to be able to stop yourself from hanging yourself or doing something drastic, you know, he has it. He has it in spades, the self-belief there. And I was really, I was humbled by it when I looked at it. And um, I, 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 it just sort of came together over that, over time. So it's just about him and, and uh, what, what he did, stood up for himself and, and came through and it worked out for him. And someone I admire, so I, I, I wrote a couple of, couple of minutes worth of, of that, you know. But I think he's it, it, someone that's sort of a good, Figure, figure to to uh, appreciate and look up to in this country because they're far and few between to find them at the moment. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, and and say back when we were allowed to play gigs or like say back when you were playing that song at festivals over the years. Do you ever have people? Uh, first of all, I'm expecting that the yeah. reaction to a song like that is um, very boisterous. People are really into it and cheering along. But also, do you have people? No, not not at all. No, not at all. No, you don't really get that. Oh, really? Um. I think it, yeah, because I think it's subtle enough. I, I have people come up to me that uh, would have been with the Gardaí and been sort of complimentary about it, where I would have expected something something different. And maybe if I played enough in different areas, I probably would have got a bit of hassle about it. But everything has been pretty complimentary. People sort of understand. Uh, I think I think it, a lot of the people in, in, in the guard sort of uh, basically came to appreciate him then. And saw that he was he was a righteous sort of valley, you know. Yeah, he was just standing up for himself, and and uh, that's what he was trying to do. And like like just because you you write about such um, I don't know newsy subjects, I suppose would be would be a term. Um, do do you ever get challenged on them like at all? Like oh, you got that one wrong, you know? Like I don't, I don't oh yeah, know. I did. I, I wrote a song um, called "Protect Thyself and Home," but. 10, about 13 years ago, 12 or 13 years ago. And it's all about, um, there was a case where there was a, there was a, a tenement people breaking into a guy's house and he, he basically stood, stood up for himself. And, and I, the, the gist of the song was that everyone's got a, a right to protect themselves in their own house, you know. And people were, were coming at me, they were saying it's very right wing. 
um, that you know why they sing a song about that. That poor man was, you know, he was he was he was beating the dash and stuff. And um, I just I, I I find it hard to be honest with you because uh, I I think there's nothing wrong with with standing up for yourself if somebody breaks into your house, especially you know you've you've got a family there. Um, if people think that's right wing, I, I think they're they're living in the clouds. Like what else are you going to do? Like, what else are you going to do if somebody breaks into your house? Are you going to you're going to lay down the floor and say, go on, you know? So I think when people see that, it just, the, the, the hatch is closed down a little bit um, when they see that. It says, oh, we didn't know you were like that, you know? Um, we didn't know you were we, that sort of a way, you know? It's, it's almost as if you become some sort of a, I don't know, like a, like a hillbilly with a gun coming over the hills, shooting people, you know? Mm-hmm. I just thought it was it was just a song that basically said it the way the way it was the truth of it. So um, yeah, the likes of that song I found. I don't usually play it that that much. <laughs> it was more hassle than it was worse because I was I was getting because I was getting a lot of hassle over. It. And I wouldn't and I wouldn't try and be pushing sort of right wing views from people. I I, I wouldn't. I try and be impartial enough about what I'm singing about and make sure that it's uplifting. And I I I never like taking an us versus them sort of uh, stance very rarely I do you know I try and see that both sides of things that's kind of even harder to do at the moment though isn't it, it is very hard to do people it's very have, hard have to their do. ground and they're, and they're not going to, to move over to the other side it seems at the moment yeah but you see what's happening is a lot of people are wrapping the green flag around them at the minute and it's, it's disturbing because uh, there's, a, there's a lot of people sort of thinking that that's, that's a good enough thing to do where they're just, oh, they're just using their flag for their own sort of delusions. And uh, I, I have a problem with that. Just another song I wanted to talk to you about from the album is No Homeless People in Drada, which I think it's, it's a really yeah. catchy song. Like, it's, a, it's another big uh, yeah, thank you very much. matter. Yeah. Do you know, it's, um, it's funny. There was, there was a guy, and he was a counsellor in, in Drada, and he actually, I read that headline in the local paper, him saying there was no homeless people in Drada. And I was thinking, maybe not from your house, mayor. Maybe you can't see them from your house behind your gated walls or whatever you're living in. So I thought it was a very arrogant thing to say. Of course, there's homeless people everywhere. So that's the song about it. So it's a little bit humorous about there's no homeless people in Drawda. Um, sorry, there's, there's a little thing about the Dundalk, Drawda, sort of, um, what would you call it? Rivalry going on that song as well, you know. I was just going to come back to uh, Dundalk then. Like it, it seems like it's kind of going through um, a big boom period in music. Um, like at the guitar at Slam Guilty Guitar Festival last year, I talked to the Mary Wallopers. It was a brilliant. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, lads. Um, the lads are great. Yeah, they're they're great. Are they on the album as well? They're actually on the Boris Gitzo album. Yeah, it was uh, the two brothers were on the album. They're doing a lot of the backing vocals. There were eleven or twelve songs in the album. Doing the, doing the back vocals. Yeah. D- does it seem like, you know, them and uh, the uh, David Keenan and there's another yeah. couple of acts like AMAC a- as well. Like, does it seem like Dundalk is kind of experiencing more of a creative boom at the moment than you would have known in the past? Or, or has there always kind of been music made there over the past couple of decades? There, there was always a lot of bands. Like, I got into it because it was a good band scene in the town in, in the around when I started off. From the early 80s, my my cousin would have been in the punk band. He would have been in the first punk band in Dock. 
and my, my girl cousin, she was in the punk band. So it was always about nine or ten bands going at the same time. They were uh, they made a period out over, over two weeks or so, else they, they had notions of themselves and they would have had the manager. But um, they wouldn't have gone to, might have gone to Dublin a few times. And then you had bands like Rumble who got out of town and actually did peel sessions and got on to RT and stuff and and maybe did a couple of American gigs. But, uh, you know, so everyone's sort of inspired by the things to see and maybe said, oh, I'll take a little bit further. Uh, David Keenan sort of looked on people that were playing the town and saw that they, they'd gone to a certain point and he was inspired by that and he went out. But he was he, he was hungry for it. So I think David, a lot of the hunger that David had sort of paid off because he, he, he got a bit of critters. He got a got a bit of grit inside himself and was able to to push for, for what he wanted to do, which is great, you know. There was, not everyone has that. Not everyone has that sort of grit that, that'll make them um determined to, to make it, you know. And so that it was great to see that for him, you know. And and is it good for you to kind of see these young young guys coming through? I love it. I love it and I, I love it too and, and um it's a, it can be inspiring too, you know. It can, it can be very inspiring because you, you want to see um, most of the people that will be coming up in town that, that would be in their, their twenties and thirties now would be a lot more savvy about the music business than in my time, which would be if we made a demo, that'd be a massive thing. It'd be like the holy grail, whereas people are with with social media and everything else. There's a, a there's a feeling of um, Entitlement, I suppose, that we're entitled to make this music that we want to do, and we're entitled to to manage ourselves. It's great to see. Yeah, it's really inspiring. It's um, it's good because the energy is good, and to see people, especially from your hometown, making it, have to put out something. And like I, I, I bought David's album. I, I thought it was really good. Um, I can see where it's coming from. So it just makes the whole, if you like, the the whole selection box of musicians in town. It just when you see somebody who's really going for it and the music is good, that's great. You know, it inspire you to try harder yourself, you know, and, and keep at it. And I mean, they all cite they all cite you as an influence as well, like Mary Wallopers and David yeah. Keenan. Like, like David Keenan, um, I talked to him uh, last year, eighteen months ago, and he said, mm-hmm. um, you know, that just someone singing in his own accent, uh, yeah. It's you know quite inspirational, and also the likes of Junior Brother as well would cite you as an influence. Do you feel like particularly like like the elder statesman of uh, of this type of music or anything like that? Are you happy to impart your uh, advice on uh, these younger acts coming through? Um, it, it's it's great to see it. I think it's just because 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 I am um, I was I was stubborn and I kept at it, and um, I was I was determined to sing in my own accent because people told me that I'd never get out of town singing in my own accent. So that made me doubly determined to get out. And of course, it's funny because when I started off, I was called different things. It was called, what was it, Eminem and a tractor. Um, don't know, be compare me to the streets or something, or there'd be something else. And and uh, so people would always come up to you and they'd come to a show sometimes and they might have heard a song and they'd expect something totally different. And when they see that it's not exactly what what the thought it was going to be, they, they get sort of they get their heads. They, they just start scratching their heads because the, the show is a lot more than just singing songs about this or that. There's, there's a lot more dimensions to the show. 
than just uh, just a fella singing in his own accent, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and so uh, this album, this Border Schizo album, it's available on Bandcamp. I think you've kept it off Spotify yeah. at the moment as well. Like, is, is I did, it- yeah. I, I was pissed off with Spotify last year because uh, I just it wasn't really worth it, and most people were just listening to the albums and not buying them. So with this album, it sort of worked because uh, people have really come on to it. It's the first album in about, I'd say about f- since a, a one called Know Your Station, Guide Your Nation, that came out in 2006. This is the one, the Border Schizo one, is the one that people really, they're just really getting into it. They love it, you know, and uh, it's great. Because yeah. uh, I didn't I didn't know they were, they were going, I thought the last one, Grow A Pair, would be the one that people really go for. And, and people like it, but this is the one that... Uh, that's really inspired people. A lot of a lot of people have, have bought the the LP as well, which is which is great, you know. So it's still it's still pretty much up there at the minute. And um I, I want to get a good few more gigs if I can to to blast it out before uh, the next one comes, you know. Um so you've got this uh live stream coming up for uh the bars, um and then do you have any other actual physical in front of people gigs lined up or is it still up in the air or? I sort of have a one in the spirit store um next month and there might be some other one in dock. Besides that, I haven't a lot of gigs because I just don't really know what's going on, you know. Um I've cancelled a load of things over the last year. I've cancelled a lot of festivals. And I'm just really wary about committing to things until they see what way it's going to pan out. Like, I know that a lot of the wet pubs in Dublin won't be, won't be open now. So that cuts out a lot of venues just because there's going to be, because of the way COVID is in, in Dublin. So I would have played a lot, a lot of places in Dublin more than the dock, really. Um, so that's a bit of a bummer, you know? Hmm. But uh, I'd like to get a few more gigs in Cork. I, I really like playing Cork, Cork and Limerick, those two cities. Yeah, just a bit of a, a bit of a trek from uh, from Dundalk to to get down there. It's it's not really that bad, you know. Like when I, when they start playing there, like we, we go through every town. You go through, um, you have to go through Fermoy, all those towns, Mitchelstown, um, and, and all the way up from Dublin, and they take about six. Well, not I'm exaggerating, but five hours. So the so the the motorway is brilliant now. Like as soon as you, you leave the red cow roundabout in Dublin, it's the trajectory, the trajectory is just great. Just next thing you know, you're you're heading into water or grass mill. Yeah, and so so people watching uh, the video of this uh, live stream, they'll see you wearing the Free State Nova sunglasses. Yeah, is this, the, that's is right. this just you put them on and it's the Jinx Lennon persona? I'm Jinx Lennon now. Well, that's it. Unless it's too dark and I can't see what I'm doing, so they could they come out again. <laughs> cool. Well, listen, Jinx, I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you, and best luck with um, with everything with uh, the with the music that you're currently creating with the album that you've got coming out in February, and hopefully you'll get to blast out these border schizo songs as well um, sooner rather than yeah. later. Well, I'll be playing a few of them at the at the gig this week, so uh, look forward to that. I'm really looking forward to the Clonic Healthy Guitar Festival because uh, I, you know, I've wanted to play it this year and uh, I've always looked at the great musicians playing it. And so that's been on my list. So it's, it's great. To, it's great to actually doing it. And of course, I, I love the Bowers and Clonic Healthy and West Cork in general, you know, it's brilliant. Cool. Well, on that note, thanks a million for the, uh, for the chats and best of luck. You're welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm.